hello, and welcome back to the Centered and Sent podcast. I'm still your host, David Simpukwe, and we're still living our lives Jesus-centered and Jesus-sent. Today, Deuce, or as he goes by Darren, is going to be talking about Acts chapter 10, where we first meet Cornelius and uh, go over his journey with Peter. Uh, We also see an important vision that Peter has regarding cleanliness, and Jesus himself uh, speaks to Peter and checks his heart uh, right in front of our eyes. Um, Really imagine a direct heart check from Jesus himself, um, and then having you or someone write it in the Bible just so that other people can glean from that example. Uh, But anyways, hope you guys enjoy, and God bless. Somebody else, she used them. Does she pay you? You need to make some money, like at least twenty dollars or something. Go cash pockets. Shoot. (laughs) Everybody spends it. But they want you. They want. They think you. You need to put some boundaries. (laughs) Like give them some boundaries, because people walk over you. Even family, you need to tell them, give me at least, tw- like something, like a $20 or something. Even if it's just for a day. Cause just something. Really? Wow, that's sad. I have something in return, people like, feel offended. They can be offended, it's your time. Yeah. You need to, um, they can be offended. You need to learn how to be okay when people get offended. That's none of your business. That's on them. I don't want to do out of love, I just ain't gonna do it. Cause yeah. it's like when I done asked for money before and it's like they enslaved me. And the money wasn't worth nothing. Oh, yeah. like somebody yeah. makes you like, pay for it. Oh no, nah, I, I done paid you like this is your obligate. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody to ever come to me like that. Okay. Ever again. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So like it's either love or it's nothing. Yeah, like them twenty dollars a lot of money. <laughs> 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 they, they were like, what about the twenty dollars? <laughs> what happened last week? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is new money. Or last month? <laughs> <laughs> Not, yeah, they they all on twenty dollars account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like that's a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, 
don't even think that's really too much of a percentage of a check that you get. Home. <laughs> 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 what, so it's, 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 there's a okay. micro percentage. <laughs> 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 we gonna get a lot of money. Yeah. Having child. Yeah, that's just dealing with family, though. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anybody else? No. Anything interesting, funny? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of times. certain sections they you're pretty easy you can do it all yourself mm-hmm. and then they don't have as much as like lifted as certain sections so like, they put me on one of the other sections what is it the other day uh yeah one section because they were training me on a different section then they moved me to a different section and this section you have a lot of people that you have to lift and use like the machines on Mm-hmm. And by the time I was like, I didn't even take a break. I didn't take the, I, like three o'clock was when I ended up having. Oh, from the time that you called me last time? From yeah. the time that, no, that that was the next day. Mm-hmm. But from the time that I got in from seven to like three, that was the last like how I got a break. And then when I was asking other people to like help me, um, they'll give you excuses. But at least there was a lady who came for like three o'clock shift, and then. She, she had helped me at least put people to bed, but I didn't leave until I think I got off at like seven thirty. Cause you're supposed to leave at seven, left at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. So like right now, but I mean, try another location. No, that's what I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> oh no, 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 I already told. What about Ponte Vedra? I told the nurse, cause the nurse lady, Tiffany, if you know the people are supposed to call her, they want you to call her. Like, I just call her my honey. <laughs> oh, she wants to call her Miss Stephanie? Mr. But she's a woman. Mr. She's <laughs> a woman. Um. <laughs> Miss, she wants a mister? She's, she's a woman. But, but she wants a mister? Oh, yeah. People call her, like, because uh, I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> 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 I just call her a young girl. But, yeah. No, I mean, I mean it's not your fault. I mean, you can make people. Um, but I mean, um, yeah. What's that girl's name? Amber? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Amber with bad breath. That's true. Both like cringed at the same time. No, like every she was I mean, he was nice. <laughs> she was whatever that is. Very nice. Yeah, she was person. Very nice. Like yeah. she was a um he was a drop queen, I guess. And uh, very it was helpful. very nice. Like, very helpful. Cause he yeah. uh, he taught me how to actually like yeah. Do and stuff. But I don't even know why they fired her though. Yeah, very, very nice person. Like, I thought, see, I don't even see like the whole point. Like, 
very nice person and whatnot. Like you, like when you see the person, that's why I say, I just hate the scene. I don't hate the person. Yeah. The person was very nice. Like we got along. I didn't feel some type of way or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I felt like he, you know, I don't know what was going on in the mental capacity, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But very nice. Enjoyed everything. Mm-hmm. Question: When do you start work? Because you say you leave at seven. So seven to seven. Oh, seven to seven. Oh. <laughs> Twelve hours. I think it's three days or something. And you don't partner with someone like between people. You're supposed to, because you people people are supposed to help you. Mm-hmm. That's all. You guys are a team because if they need you, you gonna you can't not say no. Because mm-hmm. when you have meetings. You know, they have meetings. When you have meetings, you discuss, like, those stuff. But the same people who talk about their help, <laughs> they the help they're the same ones that are doing the opposite stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you just, like, you have meetings, and then you talk about those kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, it's it's the willingness of people, mm. you know. The people can act like they're doing this, but they're not. Because uh, they have places <laughs> high turnovers, I think. Mm. High turnover, like, people leaving? Yeah. That, that industry has a lot of yeah. turnover. It's just people at once scared. When somebody gets sick, it's like, oh, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two. Like, they say, like, over COVID, when they had COVID, like, I think over 20 people passed away in the facility. Oh, really? So right now, yeah. And then they, they're hiring so much people, but they don't have enough clients. Mm-hmm. So then they, they start cutting. They always hours. do, like, the backup. Yeah. Why are they? Be able to project that though. Maybe not project it. But Some people don't know how to manage. Yeah. But they think they, they hire so much so that they have people because people don't show up. Mm-hmm. Every day you have someone who doesn't come to uh, work. <laughs> so they need to be themselves. Management needs to come and scoop down. Well, that's what I would do if I own something down. I'll scoop down. Mm-hmm. You'd scoop down? Yeah, scoop. Wherever the I'm needed, like somebody needs something, oh, I'll do that. Something, yeah. yeah. I'll train my family to do that. What can you do? Like, does your management do anything, or is it just like we paper? rarely see them, unless they're because they always have their meetings like the whole day, and then meetings. Yeah, they're playing around. You don't really, you want to really see them unless they have like something to say. Like you guys are not doing this right. You guys need to like. But other than that, like, the whole time they're just in meetings discussing, I think, what with the company. Because they have a new administrator. Mm, yeah. Always discussing. I see. Yeah. So everybody went. Deuce, are you okay? Your mind seems like you're far away. Um, okay. Well, we're ready. You can uh, pray for us and then start preaching. I kind of uh, wanted y'all to read, and then I, I, I had like checkpoints. Well, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the checkpoints, like, you know, there's certain parts where I don't really have questions to ask, so it'll be longer and certain, you know. Yeah. Like, cause the first one I'm starting, stopping at chapter three. Verse three, you mean? Huh? Verse three. Lord, we come before you 
In Cicero, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously, generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. As the text explains, Cornelius was a God-fearing man who gave generously to the poor. How do you believe God would describe your life in relationship with him? And can you re recall any selfless acts that exemplify your fear of God? So, for example, I'm, how would I say my relationship with God? Like, I'm, I'm an Israelite. You know, like, I, I, I've disappointed God plenty of times, and it's, it's like, he, he sees more in me, and he pulls it out of me, and it's like, I fight, because I, I have so many negative spirits around me that I'm always in war mode, mm -hmm. and a selfless act. Like, I, I'm, I'm always sacrificing for others. And, yeah, like, I'm always sacrificing for others. And it just, no matter how much it, it hurts me, I'm always trying to make other people happy. Yeah. An example for y'all, uh, let me say it again. How do you believe God would describe your life in relationship with him? And if you recall, can you recall any selfless acts that resemble your uh, fear of God? Um, I just want to encourage you in saying, like, as a Christian, you can't disappoint God because disappointment has to do with the fact that he didn't expect you to do what you did wrong, um, right? Um, so if God knows everything, he knows that you are going to sin in this way or you're going to do whatever. So when Jesus died on the cross, uh, he was the propitiation. And that word just simply means he's the payment that satisfies, which means he can never be dissatisfied in you in any way, shape, or form. Um, he definitely wants better for each of us, and he doesn't want um, our, us to be ruled and reigned by our sin. Uh, and he gets mad at that, right? Like we always say, don't, don't hate the sinner. Loves that. <laughs> love the sinner. Don't. Um, not my face. Don't love the sinner. Hate the sinner. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so, God does the same thing, right? He loves the sinner, but he does not. Uh, but he hates the sin. So, he, as, especially as a Christian, God has taken uh, through Jesus that uh, dissatisfaction in sin, and He said, "Okay, because you believe in my Son and the work that He's done." Uh, I'm now satisfied, and I will never be dissatisfied with you. Um, and I think, because I know for me, that's the mindset that I sometimes have myself is, you know, if I make um, any sort of mistake <coughs> and I see its uh, intended like consequence or well, the, the the natural consequence of that mistake, it's like okay, the the reaction is pretty drastic pretty dramatic it's like oh well 
now now that is my label right so i like how you asked that question like how does god see me and i think he sees uh, me as a chosen vessel right for a specific purpose that he is day by day revealing um, to me and is allowing me to see because god he says he knows the end from the beginning so he knows where we're all going to be when all is said and done and he's the author and perfecter of our faith so if he sees that and he sees that this is the vessel that he's created me for the purpose um, i think that's that's how i see it like as a chosen vessel for a specific purpose um, that god has that he's revealing to me yeah on the daily what was the question again oh yeah uh well how would god describe uh, your relationship with him like how would he describe the future? Like he said, Cornelius is a God fearing man, devout, gives generously to the poor. How how would God describe you and your relationship with him? Uh, with me, I think he would describe me as a lover. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, because I am a lover of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been told that <laughs> a lot. So um, and I know that because I. I long for his love all the time. That's how he's describing me as a person who longs for his heart. things faster in the sense of like if I get offended with something I try not to conclude it too fast I might over rationalize right like overthink things and then when I allow myself to think back again like what was that person thinking what was that person doing and then when I try to like come up with something like maybe um, return the minutes in a sense (laughs) then I think about it and I go like okay that's God's child and I should have the same mercy that God gives me all the time, and I should love that person the way God loves them, it, despite of everything that's going on. So, and that's how I see everything. So I see everything in God's eyes. So immediately that stops me from being like judgmental, judgmental and um, you know maybe be mean or whatever. I see that no matter how many, no matter how many times like somebody has done something, I would do I would reverse everything and go like, well. God has mercy on me, so I need to return the same mercy that God has on me. So, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of, um, you know, a love and devotion that I need. And I pray for my enemies all the time. Instead of cursing, because sometimes I'm like, wanting to curse them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take that, whatever I'm feeling, and start blessing them. So, yeah, that's basically the question that I asked. <laughs> like, uh, something that, you fought against yourself, mm-hmm. your inner ambition, your something selfish that you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and you fought against that, showing your fear of God, mm-hmm. showing that you wanted God people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, somebody else, uh, your, how would God describe your relationship with Him? You know, um, something that shows your uh, fear of God. I think. Uh, he would describe mine as a work in progress. 
So today we're in the church, we're talking about progressive sanctification, meaning um, God strips you of everything until you, know, you find him, basically. So he's just stripping out all the bad stuff, all the stuff that you've you know, done over the years, all the habits you've created, all that stuff. He just takes that, strips it, strips it until you are, and you'll never be perfect. You'll never be up there, but you, you're still going to be in progress always. So, yeah. I think one of the quotes that I noticed, um, Ravi Zakaria said this. I don't know if it's Ravi Zakaria or some person. They said, you'll never find out what your purpose is until you die. Mm-hmm. Because you're always being refined by God, and then I think you say something about glory to glory. Like whenever we, um, you know, it's like a layer that keeps on getting refined. It's a progression thing. So we'll never know who we are. We can get a clue of what we're supposed to do and do it, but at the end of the day, your purpose you're gonna actually realize it when you're when you're about to die, and that's the other thing. So yeah. But you're never fully done until your death. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that, that shows a lot though cause <laughs> a lot of people have real revelations in their deathbed mm-hmm. oh yeah you know, like, and they, they find out what's the most important thing to them mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. they want around them yeah who, who they really like you, you ain't gonna want nobody who aggravate you standing next to the bed yeah. You expected something, but something else happened, so you're disappointed in the fact that, that what you expected didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But because God knows everything, He knows your so good things and your bad things, thing. you will never be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's the opposite way. You gotta know everything mm-hmm. you're about to do and mm-hmm. every of your plan. But you have to know the power of the devil. Mm-hmm. Because the devil is there and he has mm-hmm. power. God wants a uh, good thing for all of us, mm-hmm. but devil wants bad thing for all of us. Yeah, it doesn't uh, conflict. So, uh, whenever you plan good thing for God, mm-hmm. devil will come for you yeah. and try to track your path yeah. to direct you to the bad thing so you can go with him mm-hmm. to the hell. Yeah, and so, so God is really disappointment of all wrong things we are doing. Well, that's the thing. What does propitiation mean? Right? It says, I forget what the verse um, is. Um, oh, the other one is there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Exactly. That's the other one. Like, simple. Basically, like, when we say there's no condemnation, uh, it's feeling guilt when you know you're very remorseful. 
Um, yes, God is going to rebuke you and he's going to chast what is it? Mm. Uh, what is that verse that I sent to you? I think it's in Hebrews. Correct. That God is going to correct you. Mm. Like if you are in Christ Jesus, that's where um, sanctification comes from because if you're in Christ Jesus, you're gonna mess up. But whenever you continue sinning, God is gonna be like, ding, 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 you need to stop. Ding, 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 you need to stop. Mm. And then after that, if you really love God, of course you're gonna heed to those warnings. You know, first it's going to be disappointing, disappointing, but as you keep on growing your relationship, which is the best answer that he gave was sanctification. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff. But while you do that, you mess up. But, you know, some people have that guilt in them, and that's where um, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's the, the fallback on that, like not mm-hmm. to feel those shame, that guilt. Because mm-hmm. God has died for shame, and that's basically what he was meaning. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Unless if you have another round off, but that's the meaning to it. No, um, like just basically not feeling guilty. Yeah, so like this is first round two. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice, which is what propitiation means, for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so what that verse means is <clears throat> atoning sacrifice, right? The Israelites used to sacrifice um, <laughs> for basically every sin that they had. And so they had this one sacrifice, which is the, the Passover lamb, which you know uh, Moses told uh, the Israelites to put the blood on the lamb and then the, the angel of death is going to come. And if it sees the blood, then it will pass over your house so that the angel of death will not uh, visit you and visit and kill your firstborn which, you know, what happened to the uh, Egyptians. And so that lamb was what deterred the angel of death from taking life in that house. And that's what Jesus' atoning sacrifice means. When the angel of death is going to come to each and every one of us, instead of taking us to hell, Jesus, because we trusted in him, is the atoning sacrifice, is the sacrifice that God says, this is enough. Right? This is what I said. I said it's a spotless lamb. It's about a year old. Um, There's other stipulations. And the blood was uh, placed on the doorposts of the house. All three of those things were checked. I, this angel will pass over. If it's not, right, say you used a goat or you used an animal that was um, broken or whatever, and the angel noticed that, then the sacrifice would not satisfy. And so that's what I was saying is God doesn't get disappointed because... He, uh, again, he knows all the good. He knows all the bad. But when Jesus came, he, he was that atoning sacrifice that fully satisfied God in terms of his wrath. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't have wrath toward us. He has discipline toward us, right? It says in Hebrews, what father does not discipline their, their children? Uh, they discipline us because they love us, mm-hmm. right? Um, punishment is only due to uh, uh, judgment, right? It says um, those who are not made perfect in love uh, are, you know, those who fear are not made perfect in love because fear has to deal with punishment. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I mean. It's like I'm not saying that like, God's not, um, He doesn't, you know, feel some type of way for the sin specifically, but I was talking about us as people, right? There's now no condemnation in for us. Yes. For us, we who are believers. Fear. Yes. So. <clears throat> but on the other side, on the outside, the ones that don't deny Jesus and they haven't given their life to Christ, those are the ones that. You can say that they feel the punishment. Yes. They feel the the wrath of God because they're not in Christ. They're not. They don't have. 
the analogy is like they don't have the the lamb, yeah. the blood. Yeah. That's why we have the blood of Jesus. So that is the one that covers us. Mm. Even though we're sinners, as you can remember, the Jewish people, the Israelites, they were still sinning. I'm yeah. sure even sitting in their little houses, they were still sinning. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. because of the lamb, you know, it is not by you know, it is by it's, it's not by works that we're saved, but yeah. it is by the grace of God and His mercy that we're saved. Mm-hmm. Not your works, not anything that you can do to satisfy mm-hmm. anything, but it is the grace of God that all of us are saved. That's why it's mercy, yeah, you know, it's the mercy seat of God. So you can think about anything else and you can, not saying you've seen, 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 but, you it's, know. It's, it's freeing to, to, to not sin, honestly, mm-hmm. because, um, it, as you all know, sin is that, it's binding. It, it feels like it's the only thing you can do, yeah. right? <laughs> and so when God says, no, I've given you a new heart, a heart of flesh, mm-hmm. and I've given you a right spirit, which is his spirit, mm-hmm. Um, we have, it says in Titus, I believe, um, God has uh, given us, his, the grace of God uh, gives us the power to say no to sin mm-hmm. and yes to godliness. Mm-hmm. So that power, non-Christians don't have. Don't have it, is, it is impossible. They can do good things, but it's, it's more out of either fear, mm-hmm. it's more out of uh, obligation, right? And, and works. Works, like works, yeah. And stuff. <clears throat> but so because we have fear, we kind of reverence, we think about it. And, and that's why it's called the perfection of your sanctification. Yeah. So as you, God starts revealing your character to him, when, you know, the first part is we give our life to Christ, and then mm-hmm. God starts showing us our hearts. Mm-hmm. It's it's by layer by layer, because he can't, like, he. I don't know how he does it, but for me, he does it by layer. Like, he mm-hmm. shows me my character. Like, in this season, he's showing me my heart a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how I'm getting easily offended. Like, I think because my heart is weary in how people do things over and over. Mm-hmm. So my heart is like, getting tired that I want to do revenge <laughs> but God is like no look at me just look at me look at me look at me look at me and I never knew that because I used to easily forgive and do all that stuff but this time it's getting harder and I was like whoa what's going on yeah. it's getting harder to forgive easily so I'm just like I'm just being honest yeah and don't dig, <laughs> honestly don't um, dig more into this go look at first John right uh, that was first John 2 verse 2 and just Read through it. Read about in Romans eight. Read about uh, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus because, like, um, it's it's that important because it keeps you from legalism. Isn't this important? That is what we we read last time about mm-hmm. John, uh, first John, second John, and third John. Yes, and we found like what we think. Mm-hmm. We think because we are not uh, born of God. Mm-hmm. Those who are if you are born of God, Jesus will prevent you from sin. <coughs> Automatic, you will not sin at all. Oh, what so you sin? I think we have free will. We, we, we still sin. We sin because the, of the power of devil. Devil is there, grab you to his direction. No, that's, sometimes that's it's not the devil. Thing. Sometimes but it's not the that's devil. That's true. We too with we we also have we have a free will. Yeah. There's no. temptations. Is it that's true. You have God here and you have devil here. Your will is directed to devil, that's why you sin. <coughs> if you are direct to God, you will never sin. Let's see. No, you still sin. Because we're not because we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. Yeah. You are not perfect because you are not born of God. If you are not, if you are born of God, 
Jesus will prevent you from this or I mean you have the con so that means, well, let me ask you a question. So that means all of us here are not Christians because we do sin? Because that is the, the logical I think if we sin it's we like not pro, God. what they say we still don't progress. Okay. We yeah, but growing, we're still sinner. We're growing, yeah. we're growing. Yeah. We are in the progress. Hmm? Yeah. yeah, but you're still a sinner. The hmm? Bible says all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. We can read John first John five okay. and read eighteen. Okay. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Perfect. The one who was born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. What does it mean? It means you cannot continue to sin. Mm-hmm. We are sin now because we are on the progress. Once we are born of God, we will never continue sinning. Mm-hmm. So because means, yeah. the one Jesus will keep us away from sin mm-hmm. and the evil one will never harm us. Like we are sinning because of devil. Mm-hmm. Because he is the one who us to his side. Uh, that's okay. Uh, let me look at James chapter 1, verse 14, I believe. Um, it says, uh, let's start in verse uh, 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So, we may want to blame the devil, but ultimately it's our own desires who actually wants to go to the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, what, what did Jesus come into this world to do? He right. came into this world to defeat the power of sin. Yeah, so that way you can control, you can practice the fruit of the spirit, which is self-control <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, piggybacking on, sorry to cut you off, so piggybacking from you, it's like, you can't just take certain parts, you have to really understand what the Spirit is saying in um, the whole um, book, because um, the Bible does tell us that we are all sinners, we're fully short to the glory of God, and we always need sanctification, which is purification. So, I'm going to continue sinning, because if I don't push myself to the Word of God and understand what the light is showing me, then if I am not reading my word and I'm not praying, that's what it goes to. You need the word of God to see, uh, to understand, so you can testify that your spirit, the spirit of God is in you and it uh, represents, um, you know, their word, the truth. So when they understand each other, which is you reading the word of God, you grow more. So your re- revelation gets opened up. Because there's certain things that we don't understand about ourselves and then suddenly when you start reading the Bible, you're like, oh, that's actually sin. Then when that means God has opened up your eyes to see something else, mm-hmm. and that's what we again when we pray, we ask for forgiveness every time. Yeah, because we don't know what sinning, we did. We're sinning every yeah, day. Yeah, that is what I understand. But my point is, God is really disappointed of all the sin you're doing. He's really, really disappointed. You can't say God is not disappointed of our sin. Well, again, that why He punish, and He really punish. Mm-hmm. All those who sin, we can read about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. He, punish, he punished them really, really hard because yeah. of the really disappointment of the wrong sin 
Where they get embraced. Even even the the writing about the <coughs> day of judgment will be mm-hmm. judged according to our sins. Uh, no, that Christians. means that means is really disappointment of all wrong we are doing. That why he will judge us according to. Then there will be no point of the cross then. Yeah. Uh, if so I'm yes. so okay, you, go ahead. you mean by the cross all people go to the... Nope. Those mm. people who believe, believe that, that Jesus, Jesus died for their sins. That the ones are going to go. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. who don't, they, they, they will not. Because they haven't put their trust in the atoning sacrifice and the status, in this uh, sacrifice that uh, satisfies. And number two, there are actually multiple judgments. There's going to be the great white throne judgment, and then there's also going to be I forgot the other the other judgment, but um, there's judgment for Christians, and then there's judgment for non Christians. Mm-hmm. The, the judgment for non Christians is the one where they're going to be uh, open, yeah, the book is going to be open, and what have you done, right? Now the judgment for Christians is what have you done for the Lord? You're not going to lose your salvation, as it says in First Corinthians. It says. Those uh, the, uh, all their works will be tested by fire, mm-hmm. and there will be some that will will make it as if just escaping the fire. Right? Mm-hmm. They'll just make it barely because their works that they they built with on the foundation of Jesus Christ with uh, either gold, silver, precious stones, or or straw, wood, and clay. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff will be thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. It will burn, and whatever is left, that's what's going to be your crown. You, I don't know if you've, you've heard that concept. That's going to be your crown as a Christian. Yeah. As a non-Christian, all you're going to be judged for is what, you, what did you do? Uh, do you, uh, obviously, you didn't believe in Jesus Christ, so you will go to hell. Now, um, Christians, that doesn't... Yeah, you just get rewards. Yeah. We're going to get rewards. For but you will suffer you. loss because if you build with stone, uh, wood, and straw, and it burns in the fire, that means your work... That you did for the cross you was not. Yeah, <laughs> your your um. I've seen my house. Your work was not um, was not genuine, mm-hmm. right? It was not built with strong foundation. So, for example, say you go to the gas station and you buy somebody gas, right? What are your thoughts in those moments, right? Are your thoughts, oh, I'm doing this because I, I want to make myself feel better. I want to do you know just all of these self 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 self. You as a excuse me, if you're, you know, you're as a Christian, you do that, that's going to burn away. Because even though you did this amazing act for someone, mm-hmm. because your intentions and your heart, you do not receive the reward that is due you because you did that act. Now, if you go to the same gas station and you give um, out of a heart of love and out of a heart of, um, of compassion for this person, that's going to be rewarded. That's built with solid, solid, and this, again... Don't take our word for it. Go to First uh, Corinthians. Um, it's, it's, I think it's Second Corinthians. I have to look it up. But all of this that we're talking about, because it, as Rambo was saying, this is a whole story. Sodom and Gomorrah was the Old Testament because people got punished for the sin that they committed. Mm-hmm. So the punishment was it was immediate. an immediate punishment. Yes. Now, when Jesus came, that's why he came. He came to receive the punishment for okay. us. And then he did minister to the dead. Yes. It says so that he went to hell. Even when you look at David in Psalms, David also says that, um, what's that verse? I think it's also in Peter. He talks about mm-hmm. it. Like, um, I, like David was complaining. Like, he doesn't want to. Like, he, he's waiting for that day when Jesus comes and atones for his sacrifice. I forgot. Mm-hmm. It's in, um, what's the Acts? last book we read? I forgot, you remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so David talks about that, and he, he says that. So 
when Jesus came, he actually went to hell and preached to the dead souls so that way they can have a chance. So even Sodom and Gomorrah and all those people that died before were mm. preached to so that they can decide in hell. So that way, after that, that's it. That was it. So God, you know, went to preach to the dead souls in hell. But let's, it's his thing. So. Sorry. Okay, let's yeah. go back. Like again, Sorry, look look at all those verses because it's it's very important to understand. Yeah, that. but the question make because bring this out of y'all, you know, we are just trying to draw the spirit in the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had, I had. We'll just be reading it, man. True. Okay, go ahead. Uh, for my part, my part, he he answered. But I think with um, because Cornelius, like him being a a gentile. Like, yeah, he was a Gentile. And back in that day, you mm. can't even be close to mm. Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. But what I would think about him would be like um, Matthew 25, 2, 2, 22 to 24, mm-hmm. where it says, The men with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. Mm-hmm. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Mm-hmm. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man. Harvest where you have not sowed and gather where you have not scattered seeds. And I think that's very important, especially like, well done, my good and faithful servant. I mean, because even Cornelius, like him being a Gentile, mm. but him having that faith to like pray and honor God, because mm. you would think, what, Romans, he's a soldier. Mm. Mm-hmm. And most of the soldiers were, what, against Jewish. Those, yeah, Jewish mm. beliefs and stuff like mm. that. But for him to be, what do you call it? Not outcast? I don't know, how would you say? Um, well, he wasn't outcast. <laughs> I guess he was like an outcast. Yeah. And he didn't really care, mm-hmm. like, no. what others, like, thought about. Mm-hmm. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, what do you say? We stopped there. Three. Three. Yeah. Wow, we're in <laughs> <laughs> two verses. Mm-hmm. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. Alright, so given that God takes delight in us helping the needy, in what ways has uh wait, how often do you help those in need? And in what ways has God rewarded you? Spiritually slash physically for your offerings. So let me just share my example. Alright, so like me, I'm I'm Mr. Reliable. Anybody ever need anything, I'm always there for them. And it's like 
And just like when I didn't have anywhere to stay and I moved with my brother, uh, baby mom, and I helped out with the kids. And it's like, like when we moved, we moved into uh, to a new place. I got into college and started doing things that I never expected that I would do. So it's kind of like, it's, it's more like a, a, a physical, like everything in, in my life just started changing. Like, but I, I can't lie, like, I don't, like, just like you were saying, like, God questions the genuine, I like, it's more like an obligation. So it's basically like, I was doing it, but all the time I wasn't doing it out of love. I was doing it because I felt like I didn't have a choice in staying with somebody else. So I don't know if that would really, but my life got blessed through it. But then, through it, I ended up getting cursed by now, okay, you're the person to run to. So it's like, you either gotta stand up or you just gonna be a slave. Mm -hmm. The verse that comes to me, it says, do not grow weary in doing good. In due time you receive. Sometimes it might be oblivious to you, but um, in those things where you're very meek and quiet, um, in those areas, God does see your frustration, and um, He's going to reward you. Like He will. Um, he has set a table for your enemies. Like He has set a table for you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna eat on that table, and your enemies are gonna watch. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. Like right now, it feels kind of faulty, but um, yeah, God is doing something. He's doing something. He's gonna direct your life. Trust me. I know it sounds sometimes to us um, it sounds so slow and the timing is always different and we're always thinking that we're all doing nice and nice and then you feel like somebody's walking over you and you continue to be nice and smile and keep on doing that but at the end of the day what happens is that God sees all those things as we can see in um, when uh, Cornelius right mm-hmm. Cornelius was busy doing good doing whatever uh, he was helping the poor and then I think one of my favorite parts in this um, verse and then Cornelius stared at him okay um, an angel answered your prayers and gifts to the poor have come as an instru- as a memorial offering before the, before God can you imagine a memorial offering for the things that we do like God remembers everything that we do it's not like nothing surprises him so that's just why, like, I never get tired of even. When I think about, like, that's why I, I make a joke all the time. I'm like, oh, you can be mean all you want to, because guess what? I'm going to be nice, because I'm going to get your gifts. <laughs> that's what I say. It is the truest thing ever, because when you are, um, you reap what you sow. That's basically what the Bible says. And it does not, like, there's a time, set time for everything else. And there's judgment for it. Like, people may think that they get away with stuff, but God does bring judgment. He does. Like, he does bring that. And I've seen it before. And we'll continue seeing it. <laughs> so, you know, something <laughs> that's what I said. He does bring judgment. So, uh, and he, like when you, this is an example. I think, I don't know who I was talking to. When, oh, I was talking to Seth because he did something bad. So I told him, it was like, when you put in a seed, when you grow a seed, it's one, right? That's what it comes out. When you put in a seed, it's one. So are you throwing in a good seed or a bad seed? Because the seed that you're throwing, there's going to be a time. All those things that you're doing, um, the Bible says that it becomes a memorial to God. So he remembers it. I don't know if you remember the prophetic word. I think I said it to you. And you, right? The one, the lady was talking about it. She was like, God will give you the desires of your heart. Whatever you put in, 
those desires, whether you're sown in bad desires, good desires, you're gonna reap those out. So do not grow weary in doing good. Trust me, the harvest is coming. Ooh, your harvest is coming and your enemies are going to watch you. They won't be like, what in the world just happened? That's what's gonna happen. Like, trust me, I have seen the Lord fight for me. It might seem like it's slow, but God knows best. His timing is perfect. Trust. Trust God. Don't go away. When you think about it, just be like, I'm going to get your presents. That's what I say Like, when you look at people being mean to you, just say, I'm going to get your stuff. Because God is looking at that. You know, he looks at that. It's a memorial. And that, for me, when I read that a long time ago, um, you know, your prayers and gifts have come up as a memorial offering before God. Like, God remembers that. Like, when you pray for your enemies, God remembers that. It hurts. You know, I saw Philip. I felt so hurt for him. You know, people wrote a bunch of stuff on his comments. I was like, oh. it cursed him out. I said, I was like, do you, do you even understand what you're doing? I was like, come on, bring all the blessings. You know, and people laugh. Mm-hmm. They're mo- having a mockery spirit. I'm like, <laughs> you don't understand how God looks at He sits on the throne and he laughs at the enemy. That's so. the internet. It's so wicked on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just looking like, you you brought up how people like you live in the wrong type of life. People celebrating your death. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that so much. Like they actually mocking people, mm-hmm. like deaths and everything. And like, they really think it's funny. It's like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this is what the world be coming to. Yeah, and then the Bible does say that um, the the wicked person dies and the world rejoices actually people rejoice when somebody's mean they'll start rejoicing when somebody who is not mean you know dies people mourn for you we already saw that in um what is that Dorcas? Dorcas, right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we saw that with Dorcas. the whole place just yeah. cried and said no we don't want her to die you know and an example of that was even grandma no god <laughs> like people rejoice when you're nice I think one of the biggest questions that I ask people, even in the my video that I'm going to release, the question is, is your life worth celebrating when you go? Mm. Are people going to celebrate your life? Or are they going to say, like, do you live a life that somebody says, I don't want you to live without, like, I don't want you to disappear. Mm. Like, it hurts if I saw you disappear. Would that be you? Or would somebody say, okay, I don't care. <laughs> They'll be like, I'll cry for a little bit, but they'll move on, like nothing ever happened. Is that your life? And those are the questions I ask people. I'm like, is that your life? Is your life worth celebrating when you, you know, are people going to miss you? They're going to rejoice that God receives you. Or, uh, you know, they're going to rejoice that God receives you still, but they're going to cry, you know, a joyous cry because they couldn't live life without. Or are they going to just be like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, yeah, you die, they cry, fake cries, and it's just, you know. Yeah, because um, when I think about like Ravi Zacharias, every time I think about him, I'm like, that man of God, you know, I know heaven received him. Philip lives in your room. Oh, no, he's Christ. Oh, so yeah, it's that confidence of knowing that would somebody, you know, miss you, like love you that much. Let's live our life better, but some people are gonna be like, no, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanna kill us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that happened to me with my granddaddy. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be mean. I missed him. I felt bad, but 
No, it, it, it kind of makes you feel bad, but sometimes a person could, I mean, like, you don't really feel anything right at that moment. You might feel something later on, but right at that moment, it don't really hit you. Yeah, no, it did hit me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it, I done had it sometimes where I made myself cry. And it kind of felt so bad, like, I didn't have any emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, the world's so wicked and you get so used to tragedies, I, I try not to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I have some type of compassion. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of people get very insensitive because so many things going around them that they just stop caring about everything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's going to suck on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, anyway, go ahead. Unless if somebody has something to say. No? Okay. Alright, so we'll continue with our Sorry. Alright, so we'll continue with our Alright. Wait, So you're you're about to read eight. I'm about to read eight. Yeah. All right. mm. The right soldier who was one of his attendants, he told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up and Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something large, something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. Alright, so Peter seemed to have experienced a heart check. <laughs> the sheet was clean. The sheet was laid down, containing a variety of creatures. No, a sheet laid down containing a variety of creatures was laid before Peter, demanding him to kill and eat. But his response was saturated with superiority. Mm. What do you think the angel is trying to reveal to Peter? Oh, I have the answer. But <laughs> <laughs> I have. Oh. I have oh. I um. Okay. So. If you look at Leviticus 20, I don't know if somebody wants to read. Go ahead, read. Okay. Okay. Um, Leviticus 20. Okay. You therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals and between unclean and clean birds. Do not defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything that moves along the ground. Those that I have set apart as unclean for you, you are to be holy to me because 
I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. You must therefore make distinguish between clean and unclean animals, and between unclean and clean birds. Do not defile yourselves but by any animals or birds or anything that moves along the ground. Those that I have set apart as unclean for you. You are to be holy to me because I am holy. Because I, I the Lord, am holy. And I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. And with this, I think um, it's the unclean. I think Peter was going back to the old laws before the <laughs> before the um, resurrection of uh, Jesus coming to die for us and with his blood which cleaned everything mm -hmm. so he was not um, he was going back basically going to the old laws so he was being religious yeah. and then one thing I found significant is like every time God talks with Peter it's always three times it's <laughs> always three times, and he never listens. <laughs> 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 he never listens. Yeah, so that was like one thing that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, he denied him three times. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep three times. Wow. <laughs> guess, guess how many steps he took on the water? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not on. That was not the Bible. What the heck? It wasn't. No. <laughs> 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 that would be hilarious. Yeah. You know, he likes to put in jokes. Yeah. 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 Did you have anything that you wanted? Did you oh, want to yeah. say something? Yeah. About this? Um, no, I just wanted to get. Oh. Okay. Right, so, I think that we stopped this 16. Yeah. Okay. I think Philip, you wanted to say something. Oh, oh well, um, later on in the, in the verse uh, chapter, we learn that <coughs> in either this chapter or the next chapter, mm -hmm. we learn that uh, uh, the uh, Peter now takes it and extends this experience to the people who he's about to go see, and uh, God tells him, uh, I guess he even tells him like, now I understand. I I'm not supposed to treat anything that God calls clean unclean. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, in this case, you Gentiles, and he even says that you know it is against our law for us as Gentiles or Jews to eat or meet and talk with you Gentiles. So <clears throat> he even extends it. Okay, I understand. This is the reason why Jesus gave me this parable to not call you Gentiles who are about to receive the Holy Spirit unclean. But you see him again, yes, being a coward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah in that part when he. Um, when um, Paul comes and, mm -hmm. and then Paul rebukes him. So you see him doing the same thing again. Mm -hmm. So, and it tells us that we are sinners and yet God can use us. Yeah. So um, it's a beauty of everything else. It's just like calling out our sin. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul did is call out our sin. And then Peter was like, okay, I need to stop mm -hmm. doing that. So, um, and then I love the point that um, Rachel made. What was that? You say something about like going back to the old law and stuff. Yeah. Like when God, when you couldn't eat yeah. the animals, the yeah. It's very interesting how um, Peter did that when um, when he walked with Jesus in the first place. Because they used to do like eat stuff without washing their hands, all those lawful stuff. So it's very interesting that Peter didn't even like, you know, 
So that tells you that we're always being sanctified and we're mm-hmm. always uh, being, the truth is always being revealed, it's constantly being revealed to us so yeah. that we know how to run this race. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. And um, be mindset. And then I think it's also a conditioning of, uh, like you said, a heart check. Mm-hmm. God was conditioning him to realize that, okay, you know, you guys used to do this, now it's time for you to have mm-hmm. a new covenant, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, and then, you know, very interesting. I like your point. Yeah, and the, and the kill thing, I'm thinking like, kill like, basically like, kill people all spirits. Is that what they're talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he uh, was just telling to eat, like eat whatever was coming from the vision. Well, well in connection to people, he's saying like, mm-hmm. the way you abhor um, touching and or eating anything unclean, um, do not extend that to people who are not of your race. Mm-hmm. And so, because that's what he was he was doing. He's like, you know, God, I've never touched anything unclean. And he was proud of it, by the way. <laughs> I've never eaten anything unclean. And, um, and you know, that just shows what legalism does to you. I mean, it puffs you personally out. Mm-hmm. But um, in that moment, that's, that's what God was saying. Like, you know, like Ezekiel. Who? Ezekiel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never eaten anything unclean. So I think that's ultimately what he was trying to say is like, you know, the, the same abhorrence that you have for touching anything unclean, do not extend it to people. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll read later. But, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. So, alright, so it says Peter fell into a trance, and as soon as he was awakened, the spirit ordered him to move and meet with the messengers. When can you recall a strange moment when the spirit told you to move? Did you later discover the reason, the reasoning behind it? Or, and did you delay? Or did you move instantly like Peter? Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can recall the time. You, uh, yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> I feel like um, for me, um, my videos, yeah, you're right. It's like, I, it's like I try, I make my videos, okay, I make my YouTube videos for my other cooking channel, right? My cooking channel, my videos can go in so fast, but my ministry tell me about it. It's like spiritual warfare. 
and I make it and then I sit over there and I'm like edit it for some reason something always goes wrong either the voice is mashed something or my video won't come out from the phone and it's like battle after battle after battle mm -hmm. and it's like I have to and I'm like or you know and I have to pray about it you know and then I end up either deleting it and starting another video and it doesn't sound the same way that God told me to bring out the message mm -hmm. so it's more um not as the same way God told me but it's more like I delay it and then I get frustrated and I'm just like forget it and then you know and then God reprimands me and he tells me you need to do what you're told to do because you have to grow in everything you can't just not do anything because everything you know everything that you go through is actually a message Everything that you overcome is actually a download that God has given you. It's a story for you to tell other people, to warn people of everything that has gone through in your life, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's my hardest thing. Like, all over the time, and I'm just trying to understand, like, what in the world is going on. And I get frustrated, and then I bought the vision, so I don't do what I'm told mm -hmm. immediately. And then I have backups. So I have a bunch of backups. <laughs> I think I have a very simple example. <laughs> it's uh no, no not not compared to yours i'm just saying mine is simple as in like every morning when i wake up it's always a struggle to get out of bed mm -hmm. and it's, it's that i feel like god calls me dave because that's all i hear like dave and then that's when i'm like and then i get up and he's like get up or do something right when, Aww, yeah. so it's always that <laughs> yeah because <laughs> no one calls me dave ever yeah, yeah. so it's like oh so who is this yeah, that's what I didn't hear. Lana, I thought I heard my name called and I got up. You do too, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. it's God. Yeah. Well, that's God. Yeah, God wakes us up. Like, there's a well, there's two voices now. You gotta be careful because one thing I've noticed is like when God calls me, it's very loud. Like the audibleness is like, like you ever be in a quiet room and it just goes like, Liamba. That's it. And then he goes like, Oh, yes. And then you look around, you're like, Nobody. Now there's another one that is so creepy. You're like, uh, uh, this is not God. <laughs> Everything that makes you fear is, if it makes you fear, just know it's not God. But if you just go like, oh, somebody called me, and you just feel kind of like, okay, I'm up. What now? Yeah. Then it's God. No, God does call our names. <laughs> he does. Every morning. He does. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's so nice. I used to think it was Abigail, but it's actually Liamba. Mm -hmm. I, I, will, I thought it would be Abigail, but no, it's Liamba. Mm -hmm. Even the first time I heard the, uh, the voice of God, it was like, Liamba, I what? Like, it was a long room. I did a three-day fast, because I was praying for healing. I did a three-day fast, and I remember getting that, like, um, God called my name. He's like, Liamba. When I opened my dorm room, I went from my dorm room, everywhere checked. I'm like, did anybody call me? There was nobody in the room. Like, I went through everywhere, like, looking around. I'm thinking my roommates called me or something. There was mm -hmm. nobody. So I called dad. I was like, I think somebody called my name. And then dad was like, that fuck me. It's God. <laughs> That's literally so, what, Samuel? Mm -hmm. Samuel's story. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I told Pastor Jamai. She's the one who clarified. She's like, God does call your name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a good question. I need an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still so thinking about myself. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, he goes like this. Somebody's doing this to you. Yeah, for me, it does things. Yeah. He does. Like, he wants me to pray. He goes like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, somebody comes. Like, you can, you can, you can feel like somebody comes, and then the presence is just like overwhelmed, like a heat. 
Mm-hmm. You just get overwhelmed. You're like, okay. And then you try to go back to sleep. Then he keeps on getting more and more. Does that happen to you? Like, it keeps on getting more and more. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> and it keeps on getting hot and hot. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's cool. that's cool. For me, it's um, in my tummy. Like, Hassan gave me this. I literally have a divide in my tummy where on my left side, it's it hurts, mm-hmm. and then it's bad. Like, it, either I'm not doing something, I'm not thinking something correctly, I'm not saying something, I'm, I'm not yeah, yeah, I'm saying something I'm not supposed to say. And on the right side, it's like, it's not warm, but it's affirming. If that makes sense, it's like, like right, it's good. Um, so, like, I have I have that fight. Like, I'm not kidding. I have that fight like every day, for every almost every decision that I have to make because <clears throat> I know what he's he's trying to train me to really like hone, yeah, depend and hone. Like, are you listening to me? And even to the T, like, should I even send this email? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's that intense. Should I even send this email? So, um, yeah, that's. For Kambuza, let me talk about Kambuza. Kambuza is so cute. Kambuza, she's like, is this is this chair hot? Because I'm not understanding why my belly's hot. I'm not understanding why my belly's hot. She's like, I don't get it. My stomach is so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah. 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 so cute. I thought, I said myself, I'm like, that's the whole experience. Yeah. Like, my belly is so hot. She's like, every time we talk, it's like, when we prayed and then something just felt warm mm-hmm. and she's like are we warm it made me laugh yes that's how it sounds i can't ask questions yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no we're just trying to come that is that is the answer that is yeah. the holy spirit the holy spirit yeah i'm sorry everybody To the house to be his guest. Peter at Cornelius' house. The next day, the next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up, and said, I am only a man myself. I I when Cornelius fell at Peter's feet in reverence, Peter said, Get up, I am only a man myself. Does anyone see the change in his attitude towards the Gentiles? During the aforementioned vision, during the aforementioned vision, the spirit exposed his arrogance and let him know not to call anything impure that God has made clean. Have you ever unknowingly had a sense of superiority and accepted the correction to humble yourself? Always. <laughs> I think always. Um, yeah. One of them was um, overthinking. When I ever saw a situation and I found out from Rachel about something, so I went back and then the person I was supposed to actually talk to, I ended up telling them, you know, it's my offense. Like, I'm the one who's offended. 
because of what the person does all the time, I became offended. So, and you know, the person was like, it was not talking to me like, yeah, it's understandable, just forget about it. So that was, you know, at first it was a prideful moment and also a defensive moment because I was just like, I have to own up to my emotions and what I did wrong. And I realized that person didn't have a fault. Even though, because of the previous, um, you know, the previous uh, encounters that I had with that person always seemed to have that kind of report effect. But I realized that, you know, I should take whatever fight it is in that moment as the fresh fight, not rumbling everything and then bringing it up with a defense. So you have to take every fight that you uh, come up with somebody fresh, not bringing up the past. Because the past, what happens is that you bring offense you want to be always be defensive, like you're ready to fight because of the bruises that somebody brings. So, and that's basically what happened to me. So I had to realize that when I'm fighting with that person or whatever it is, I have to shake my heart because I might overread something or overthink something based on my emotions and the history that we have with that person. So therefore I'm going to sin against that person because of my intention. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sin against that person because I'm thinking the person is sinning against me, but I'm the one actually sinning against them because I'm the one who's, you know, being unkind and I'm not being, you know, gentle and stuff like that because I'm thinking overthinking. But what would you say would be the one? Because you told me yesterday what it was, like how my personality was in that moment. Like I was something I don't know what you said. Give me a second. Give me a second. You were like, well, you should have. Are you sure that's what the person was thinking? That's what you said. Okay. Yeah. So assuming that's what you the person. Assumed. Yeah. Make up stories because the way somebody treats you, mm-hmm. and you've conditioned your heart to respond that way. But you have to take the fresh argument as that argument, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Like, forget about the past. Forget about what they've done. Mm-hmm. Come with that fight with a fresh start and fight in that moment. But don't bring your baggage of what happened in the past. And that's what the Holy Spirit is telling me, like heal from everything that the person has done. So forgive that person mm. over and over, over and over. Mm. And that's what God was saying. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> she got tired. <laughs> I got tired. I tell you, I got tired. I got tired. But God had to condition my heart. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, that's what I, I tend to do that too. Like. You kind of try to like find a pattern, like see you, you doing this again and something like that. Yeah. You did this last time. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't point fingers. Cause we, I mean, it's so easy. Like we're always ready, but you know, it's like, and then on top of that, you might take somebody's name because one of the biggest things that I noticed was like, first I reported that person, right? I tempted the person. I was like, this is what they always do anyways. Da, 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 da. And then the person was like, okay, let me call you so we can understand the story. So time passes. Then you sit down and re- think about what happened. And then you have other people's eyes and people tell you, maybe it wasn't what you think. Mm-hmm. Then you already tempted somebody's name, right? Because of your nonsense. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful what you're doing because it, whatever you see freshly does not necessarily mean that's what the person is insinuating or whatever they're trying to put out. Mm-hmm. So you need to take a fight as fresh always. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we need to master all of us because I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, I need some help yeah. in this area. Like, I really do need help. Yeah, that it really just be like a defensive mm-hmm. a mindset. Mm-hmm. 
Like every time you're always jumpy, like, oh, are you ready to fight? Like, I'm gonna fight back. You wanna fight me? Yeah, I'll fight you. You know? <laughs> yeah, for me it was um, definitely, you know, they telling me, oh, you have a prideful spirit in different areas of my life. <clears throat> and it's, you know, initially, honestly, when you have a prideful spirit, you don't see it that way, right? <laughs> you have all these excuses <laughs> about, okay, no, this is why I'm like this, or this is why I think like this, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then when you sit down and you, you reflect and you ask God, like, show me mm-hmm. uh, my heart and show me different patterns of myself, um, he'll show you. You know, you get um, convicted, and then at the same time, you have to ask, how can I change? Because if you don't ask that question, you're going to stay in that wallowing of, like, okay, um, you know, uh, I, I'm going to do this in my own power, one, mm-hmm. and that, that's not going to work. Uh, but number two, <clears throat> you may even begin to justify it mm-hmm. even more. Like, okay, this is, I will have to remain this way because that's who I am, or this is the situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, just like him, I'm only a man myself, um, realizing who you are, your faults, your failures, but then at the same time, like, you are also saved by grace. You are also being transformed by grace, and, you know, you, you, um, you, know, you haven't arrived, but you're on the way. Yeah, that's true. Because you can't see, um, this is the same analogy that I say, like, people can see you, but you can't see yourself. But mm-hmm. people, you can see yourself, but people can't see you at the same time. God can see you, and okay. you can't see, you can't understand how God sees you. You have three versions of yourself. The way you see yourself is the way other people see, see you, and mm-hmm. then the way God sees you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that, in that form, in that, so. Oh, that's really true. Here. I don't know it. I don't know the exact verse. And a man does not know his own ways. No man. Oh yeah, that's my favorite verse. <laughs> oh, <a man. laughs> the one that I've been quoting the whole week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the um, the heart is deceitful above all yeah. else. Who mm-hmm. can understand it? And then also, a man may plan his course, but it is the Lord who directs his steps. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart is very. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think I have been quoted that the whole time. Like, what's in your heart? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's in your heart? What's in your heart? What is in your heart? <laughs> okay. That's one of the biggest things. I think this year has taught me, like, you know, I used to think that I was kind and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so wicked. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because understanding, like, I am not worthy of, you know, God. You know, I'm not worthy. Like, that. I'm like, I'm like, I need God because when I see myself, the more I draw closer to God, the more I see how, like, I am guilty. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, there's nothing to it. I used to think that I was the kindest person until I faced a lot of challenges and I'm like, okay, this is hard. And I told God, I'm like, God, give me your heart. Oh, it's a constant surrender. I'm like, give me your heart because I don't see how for years, like, it was okay. But somebody kept throwing stones at me, throwing stones. I was like, it hurts now. <laughs> like it really does because when you're younger you just you had a pure heart when you get older you're like okay why are we going through the same thing over and over yeah. it's just more stronger you get tired mm-hmm. definitely get tired mm-hmm. no alright so let's go alright so reading down to 47 are we going to skip no we're reading down to 47 oh we're reading down we ended it okay you're on 27 right now. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, 
you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Anybody uh, want to tag along and uh, read? Oh, I'm reading down the Portis Desert now. <laughs> <laughs> I can read a little bit. <laughs> All right, so when I was sent for, I came without raising any ob objection. May I ask why you sent me, why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, uh, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism, John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and now and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Anytime. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He com commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom he's, he, he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify by him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Uh, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, uh, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Sorry, I, I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fine. So, if a room full of uncircumcised people were able to catch the Holy Ghost so instantaneously, the only thing holding us back from receiving the gift is ourselves, mm -hmm. aka our selfish desires. Dating back to when you were babes in Christ, approximately, how long did you attend church before giving into the Holy Ghost power? 
So were y'all like the Gentile? The first time you went there, you instantly caught it, or were you battling within? And how how it, approximately how long do you think it would have took before you finally just gave me? Maybe David has a good point. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna explain it. Uh, our, like our story. story. Um, I was just about to say that. Um, just to add. Sorry, I know I've been like going it's in so and out of the I'm sure you were listening somehow. But um, for me, at least, it took 12 years before I, I just started to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Because I grew so up. How old were you? Huh? How old were you? I was 12 years old. Oh. <laughs> you said 12 years? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took 12 years. Yeah. It was somewhere, like, yeah. above. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 church because she was Pentecostal and I used to go overnight all the time all the time like she come pick me up from my grandparents house and then we'll go because my family my grandparents were Catholic and I just couldn't go to church like I, I don't know why I refused I used to be like you guys are weird <laughs> like all the time in the house I used to tell them that and um but and I love that my grandma never judged me because I was just I, I couldn't go I don't know why I never understood that like I didn't understand that why I didn't want to go as a child like I refused they try to dress me up and Sign me up for catechism, whatever it is. But I can't go. boring. I gotta sit down and sit still so long. I wanna run around. It wasn't that. It wasn't even that. I just didn't find. I went there to church. I didn't find a sense of like praying to Mary and stuff. As a child, I refused. I was like, I don't understand why you guys do that. Mm -hmm. Or even having the rosary. I just never understood why I refused. Mm -hmm. But when my auntie would take me to church, I would go with her. And that's always happened. Even when dad used to take me to church, I would go with him. Because I'm like, you guys are praying to Jesus. And Jesus, to me, it made sense. And I did have a visitation from Jesus Christ when I was younger. So in that moment, everything made sense to me. Like, other stuff didn't make sense to me. Like, Catholic Church didn't make sense to me. Seventh-day Adventist, my neighbor used to go there. My friend from school, she would want me to go there, but I refused. Like, it just, I was just my own person. I've always been my own person. Even now, like, even when I think about it, I've always been my own person. It's always just been me and the Holy Spirit, like, the Holy Spirit ministered into my heart, and that's it. 
you know, and then when I seriously gave my life to Christ would be, I was 16 years old. So, yeah, when all of us actually, we got baptized, we gave our life to Christ, it was like a whole group. So I feel like I was a habitual, because I was, I didn't understand the truth, and this is what, you know, God was throwing out for you all the time. Who's a sinner? You give your life to Christ? Yeah. Keep on going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think we did that even in Grandma's Church too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something we're habitual repenters. Yeah, we did that. So that's something Grandma made people. Yeah. Hey, that was our talk. We saw that last time. Like, yeah, man, yeah, raise your hands if you didn't. And then they make you, and then Grandma be like, yeah. sitting down, like, go hitting your butt come on, go, go. so it was a habitual thing but <laughs> doing it by myself i think it was when i was 16 years old that's when i they don't understand that's the only time that matter <laughs> all, that, that, all that don't mean nothing it doesn't matter when you do it yourself exactly i thought about like i don't know because i think we got baptized like what we were like you guys were nine because yeah yeah i was, Who was nine? 16 no, I'm trying to calm down. But I always wanted to do it. I guess I don't know. Would be a little bit crazy. No, if you really want to remember, I did it again when I was older. To do it because during that time, I think we just did it because our 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 parents, our parents did it. But I want to do it for for my own. Like that's why I did it a second time too. But um, but I don't know if it makes a difference. So it doesn't make any difference. But you can do it if you want to. Though. <laughs> Hey, I remember seeing so many young boys get saved one day, and they'll see them with their crib. He's such a bad dude. I see so many young boys, and then I ain't even see them that service. Oh, no. It's like it's so crazy. Yeah, it's just for that one moment. That's it. I mean, as I, yeah, as they were saying, as as a family, we were told about mm-hmm. Jesus. We were living. Took us to church and made us, you know, pray with the family and do all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I don't think I truly. I had the label as Christian, but I don't think I truly um, took it seriously until no lie until we started this Bible study. I'm not joking. Because, yeah, I never really Yeah, because even before that in high school, I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, yeah, I believe this, this, and this. I do this, this, and this, and, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is bad. I understood things. I was asking questions trying to get the truth and all that stuff but at the same time it just wasn't I never studied I never truly studied the word until we started doing this and started reading the Bible together and stuff like that so I mean I had the Holy Spirit I had Christ in me I always knew that I don't being baptized again wouldn't really change much for me I feel for me not for anyone else but for me I don't think being baptized would change much um, being baptized again I should say but because yeah. we started this early 2019, right? Mm-hmm. 2018? 2018. 2018. 2018. 2018. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. Yep. Summer 2018. Yeah. 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 So it's fine, you know, you redefine yourself, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with re-getting baptized. You can re-baptize too. I think Dad told me that. 
get baptized again, you backslide. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> taking away the baptism. I think, no, no, I think it was just joking because oh, okay. he used to make fun. No, because I talked to him about it with me too. <laughs> you had to ask him. No, I had to, no, because I was like, um, I understand. I, I asked him, and he's like, it's up to you. That's what he told me. He's like, it's up to you. You don't have to do it. Don't get pressured by people telling you what to do. You do it on your own. So in the end, I made a decision for myself because I said I need to be renewed. So. Because this time I was like, I need to go hardcore in God. For me, it was a representation of going more stronger in God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything else. It was just kind of saying that, God, I'm ready for whatever you have. That's, that's the reason why I got baptized again. Like, it was kind of like, I'm ready for whatever you, you have. You know? Yeah, I think yes. for me now, I want to do it. Oh. I want to do it for my, myself. For yourself, yeah. 1122. Is that to you? <laughs> <laughs> we literally can... That's what I was thinking about. We can like do a pool. It depends on how. But we can't. About, no. <laughs> we, you can baptize anybody. Anybody yeah. can baptize anybody. It doesn't have to be a yeah. preacher yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You can get baptized. If you want to get baptized in the water, we can baptize you, all of us. Yeah. And we can just, be there yeah. as a symbol. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you some water. Or it can be that, you know, the. Uh, I think immersing is better. Yes, yes, yes. Immersing is better because it represents, you know, you died and then you raised. Yes, yes. I can feel the water. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to piggyback off of what David said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's possible to like still? Because at least for me, in my case, I I like accepted uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and like I did try to, you know read the Bible more, pray more, mm-hmm. and stuff, and then, like, come high school, I think I slowed down a bit, mm-hmm. but I still believe in, believed in God, mm-hmm. um, and then it wasn't until, like, the year before college that I kind of started, that I, like, separated myself, in a way, from God, mm-hmm. it wasn't that I stopped believing in Him, but I started to question Him mm-hmm. a lot more, like, His existence, mm-hmm. um, and then, like, I feel like since I started college, I kind of had two, maybe two more bouts like that, mm-hmm. but since this, like, last year, maybe, like, around September, I started to, like, try to pursue my faith again. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, um, I, I guess I just wanted to say this, that I think being a Christian is an evolving experience. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, a straightforward one where you just, like, climb up a hill and you've made it. It's like you climb a hill, you go down into the trenches, you climb another <laughs> hill, and like it just gets, it's not, uh, I guess it's it's up and down. It's not just like straight up. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> you know, the only thing is though, God, watch your step with Yeah, because you're in Christ, so he's ordering your step. It's not that. Um, it's called, um, I don't know if you've read the book of Isaiah, where, um, you see that you were my bride. I washed you. I saw you were naked, and then I came, and then I clothed you. Ezekiel. Hmm. Ezekiel. Not Ezekiel. It was Isaiah, the bride of Christ. You. I was uh, basically it was talking about um, Israel and uh, Judah, mm. like uh, daughters of Judah being the prostitutes and stuff like that. It's about like basically describing himself as a husband, like Jesus describing him as a husband. He's like, you know, I found you. You were a baby, I found you, you were naked, covered in blood, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know that verse. And then I came and I clothed you in lavender, like whatever, whatever. So, um, 
for me, that re- represents sanctification because he kept on talking about the layers of what he was doing to the, the bride, right, which mm-hmm. is us. And they kept on saying that I clothed you, I bought you, all this stuff. But in the end, she betrays him and stuff. You can't come back to me. You know, um, I need to find that verse because I always refer to it a lot. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, it's called a point of, the reason why God puts that curiosity in you because it's the spirit of God that's in you. He leads you to repentance all the time. Mm-hmm. And he leads you to uh, wonder about him because um, they're called roadblocks. And when they happen, like you hit the roadblock, you're like, why is it, why am I not pushing? Why is this God not answering? Why is this God like this? And I think um, in that moment, that's when God starts listening because you're looking, you're asking him questions. So then he starts finding new answers in people. And the question that you think about is like, I remember the first time I had talked to you in my room and you were just talking and I was like, why don't you believe the way God believes? I be- in that moment when I met you, I believed that was a staring and I remember separately the moment that we're talking about, like we're talking about uh, politics and abortion. I think we talked about it so passionately, and I was telling you, I was like, abortion is wrong, da, da, da. but we we talked that conversation, and I was telling you what God thought about it. That to me was a planting of a seed. Does that make sense? It was a planting of a seed, like planting curiosity about this God. Even though you didn't, it wasn't curiosity about the abortion, but it was a curiosity about the God, you know, the mm-hmm. God of the universe. Mm-hmm. Huh? When they came last year. Last year, okay. Yeah, and I told her, I was like, your encounter is just unique. And I, I think I told you, I was like, I'm going to talk to you. I kept on praying for you the whole time. And when you left, I prayed, 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 prayed. And then me and Rachel had the coincidence where we're like, Kambuza, at the same time. We just thought about you at the same time. And we knew the Holy Spirit was actually laying you on our hearts. Because I kept on praying for you. I was like, no, 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 God. So if you ever wonder like why you always have questions because somebody's always praying for you. <laughs> I'm that. I prayed. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this girl, God, you do, you know, reveal revelation. And then me and Rachel had a, a revelation that we needed to have you there because I was like, you need. I felt like you, you needed God, like for God to show Himself approved to you. That's what I was trying. I was praying for. I was like, God, show up for her all the time when you left. And then. Yeah, but when you're talking, the verse that popped in my mind, you're speaking of a roadblock. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, James Boyd, draw close to God. He would draw closer to you. So, yeah, that's true. And that's basically what God was trying to do. We get roadblocks, and the roadblocks are there to, um, like, to push us to open doors. That's basically what they are. They think, like, you think that you're stuck, but you're actually not stuck. The questions that you're looking for are the ones actually going to lead you to you. To, you know, to find what exactly God wants you to find, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From my side, I started from uh, being close to God when I was young. When my, my parents used to take me to church, then I grew up in the church. And uh, my grandparents, uh, my grandma and grandfather, mm-hmm. they were like um, those churches that so I used to go with them in the church every day. And so I grew up in the church and I was loving like going to the church. Mm-hmm. I loved the moment being there. And, um, yeah, and when I was like, you know, when you get mature, understand stuff 
yeah, you still um, you still believe in what you believe, and you. I never found anything wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to different churches, mm-hmm. like I'm Catholic, but I went to Rosaline for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I went to Sevens uh, Adventist. I mm-hmm. went to took uh, what theology and the history of religion at high school mm-hmm. so it's like you you get to know a lot of religion and their history mm-hmm. something that, that is really really interesting if you guys wanna know the history of all religions mm-hmm. just to get just to get understanding of how these things goes mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's like uh, it's like the history of the world. You just get to know the world, how, how they operate. Yeah, yeah how it's started, how it goes, and yeah. So mm-hmm. no, I've taken a religion class before because it's a it was a requirement for my own thing, <laughs> and it was very annoying because we had to go uh, um, we had to go for field trips. We had to go to the Muslim temple. We had to go to the Buddhist thing, and I was like, this is kind of creepy. But we went to all those places too, and I was very respectful because I was like, "This is not." But I prayed to God to protect me because I was like, uh, "We ain't going to deal with this." Yeah, so I've been to, I've taken religious classes, mm-hmm. and I have battled that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know? yeah, I've been to them people, and they wanted to recruit me, <laughs> especially the Muslim, because oh. you know we had to put on the little thing, and then somebody felt that I was part of them. I was like, uh, "No, I'm just visiting," yeah. and then my teacher so wrote me a letter. They thought that I was like part of them because, oh, like, yeah. the way I wore it, because mm-hmm. they asked me, but I had asked um, somebody to help me with it. I, yeah. But, so oh, that's interesting. Some mosques, I guess, when there's guests, they don't require them to do that. No, they required us. My oh. teacher required us to do it. Yeah, it's like more respect. Yeah, I took it at FSUJ, mm-hmm. religion, world yeah. religion. That's why I took it. It was fun, though. It was fun. Yeah, yeah it was it's fun. really good because really you fun. get to know a lot of as a religion what they do, what they believe. Mm-hmm. Just to know, to be curious. Like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I really liked it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> LCSR religion class was actually pretty interesting. Like, we learned a lot of, about a lot. I kind of wish I took a class, a similar course, maybe in college. Although it'd be different, of course, because it's intense in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. Because you, you, your mind goes, you're like, uh, Jesus, help me out. <laughs> because you're like, it sounds so believable. It sounds so believable. And if you are not strong in the spirit of God, you actually can be lured and start believing. That, that's how yeah, people that's, change. That's yeah, it's like, it it's, it's just, you can just read it as history. No, no, I understand what you mean. What I'm saying is like, well, that's why students change. Like yeah. when students go to uh, university, they yeah. change because they find another kind of way of, they like, uh, forget Jesus, I need this. That's why people end up doing, uh, you know, being Buddhist at, in college because if you're not strong, you will get lured in that. That's what I'm saying. Like you will get lured. 
You know, because you want to find anything that's more easy. <laughs> okay, I could be a Buddhist, and it's like all I do is be peaceful, and I can still sing. Yeah. <laughs> and then meditating on all the I can sing peacefully. I have a question for you. Uh, this is not to um, bring an office or anything like that, but when is a pivot moment when you actually went up front, like, you know, or whenever you sat down and said, God, I surrender my life to you. And the other question is, um, because I know this from uh, my Catholic family, my mom is Catholic, everybody's Catholic at home. Um, and if you're born in Catholic, you're just part Catholic. So was it a pivotal decision for you to say, I'm Catholic, or were you born in Catholic? That's what I'm trying to tell. Because for me, my grandma considered me a Catholic. And I tell her I'm not Catholic. Does that make sense to me? Because I was born in a house. You know, I was born in a house and everybody's Catholic. You can tell them anything because my mother was Catholic, I am Catholic. So my question to you is, is your decision based on your parents or is it something born and like, you know, like a tradition you pass it on? Or when was a pivotal moment where you said, today I've decided to, like just like membership in church, right? We have memberships in church. Like, um, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Yeah, like that thing that they do at 1122 where you take a class and you learn how to be a disciple. Did you do those? Because I know Catholic, they have Catholic schism and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do all, mm-hmm. all those. But, uh, but um, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, when, when I was young, I didn't baptize uh, when I was like very little. Mm-hmm. I get baptized when... Um, Two thousand and four, mm-hmm. I was, I was like, uh, I was like happens. grade <laughs> what grade? I was like in grade four, so I was like nine, about nine, eight or nine. Yeah, so I didn't get baptized when I was young, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was loved what I was doing in the church and I was part I had a passion to be a pastor mm-hmm. and I tried several times when I was young like when I that was my you mean a, when you mean pastor you mean a priest because you said you're Catholic yeah oh, okay. I tried to get into the priest mm-hmm. but I didn't uh, get approved mm-hmm. although I passed all of the tests mm-hmm. and they took um, somebody who didn't pass mm-hmm. the test. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like something discouraged, mm-hmm. but well, I just forget about it and mm-hmm. I went to high school. Mm-hmm. But it was different region. It's like you went far from, away from maybe Florida, you went up north, maybe New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I went really far, and that was like a really um, nice moment for me because I took that uh, religion classes mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and I learned a lot about other religion. And I went to um, different religions, mm-hmm. and I found myself for Catholicism, what best for me. 
So this is decision. what I like and yeah. Okay, so my other question to you is um, since you found, uh, so your decision was based on every experience that you went and because you wanted to be a priest. So, and then don't get offended on this part. Pastors and priests are two different things. Mm. Um, They're the same because they do the same. They're really different. I actually saw them as the same, just different words. Yeah. Like they're different yeah. titles. They're doing the same. But not necessarily believing the exact same. Or well, priesthood, in the sense, con uh, consists of anything else. If I look at it in the Bible, it consists of something else. What is it? So, what else do they do? Uh, well, the difference between my understanding so this is my understanding from over here <laughs> <laughs> just making you sure you got jokes so <laughs> yes, i need to make sure so this is my understanding my understanding is that a priest is a mediator right a mediator between god does that make sense and a pastor is a teacher who teaches and um you know gathers people and stuff like that but a priest operates as a mediator that's what catholics do they mediate they mediate as um, the offering for sins and you listen to your sins and then you pray for that person da, da, da. confession booth and all that stuff so for me that is a no-no like it's a no-no because um, you're playing as Jesus does that make sense as a mediator that's the way I understand it because you know that's why we have Jesus Jesus is a high priest that's the way people not also I thought Catholics maybe you can answer this right here mm. but do Catholics don't they also pray like repent their sins or do you only do that to the priest? No, you can do by yourself or you can go to the priest. Right, well, um, why people go to the priest is because um, before, the, before Jesus left, he gave those priests authority. That was he gave them time. power. Yeah. Like, and he said, we have a, I don't know what, what uh, line is that. No, 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 I understand what you're saying, but it's in the yeah, Old Testament. Yeah, so they, they've given the authority and power. I know what he's talking about. He's saying, uh, if you if you forgive a person of their sins, they will yeah, forgive. Yeah, exactly, that one. If you do not forgive, he was talking to the disciples when he said this. If you do not yeah. forgive, then they will not be forgiven. They will not be held, they will, they will not be let go. Yeah, but sins. that's a different dialogue, though. <clears throat> that makes sense. Well, that's the thing. The, the funny thing it's is... It's like two different interpretations, basically. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead, Philip. Uh, oh, well, uh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna let him finish, but that uh, that's the verse that he's uh, the the interesting thing about that. He was talking to the disciples, and whatever um, uh, Jesus said to the disciples, the disciples then said to all of the other disciples, not just the priests. So it's the it's the thing for, that everyone, for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So and that's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's the reason why I kind of disagree between priests and pastors, because even um, the gifts and everything. And then to, um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm shaking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, and the other thing that I wanted to tell you, um, I don't know how you're going to receive this, but um, mm. my auntie wanted to be also uh, a nun, but I do believe that because God hasn't called you to, um, that's the thing, a lot of people make decisions based on, um, uh, what they want, our personal desire, and that's okay, but God says he's the one who orders our steps. So, you know, am I thinking, maybe God didn't want you to be a priest because he wanted you to get married. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm so, and for my aunt, it's the same thing. She had to get pregnant, so she couldn't do that thing. But she tried so many times, so many times, and if she got married, she would never have her child. Mm -hmm. I mean, if she got in the non thingy, she would never have a child. Like, priests, can they 
No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. no, but people have actually left the priesthood and then got married. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. That is, when you read the history of the religion, that is why uh, Rusalan was formed. Because the priests are not allowed to get married. So Martin Luther but moved away, stepped out, yeah. and formed. Jerusalem uh, and allow the priest to get married. Yeah. yeah, that is how Rusland started. They are doing the same stuff as Catholic. Mm -hmm. Everything is the same. Every <laughs> stuff is the same. But they only, the priests are only allowed to get married. Yeah, it's With interesting that you learned about like the different divides between okay, Lutherans before we and the Protestants mm -hmm. and uh, I think Methodists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can read yeah. yeah. Unless you want us to pray first. But before we finish, <laughs> this is one last thing that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. So, regardless of anything else, religion is religion, and we have to follow what the truth of God says. And yeah. then we know the truth of God says that, you know, the Bible is true and, you know, it's the truth of God. So, therefore, in the, even in the priests uh, uh, back then, they used to get married. God allowed them to get married. There was nobody, and this God chose one person to be, actually, not to get married. But some of the priests, like Eli's, they had, Eli's sons, they had wives. Um, Eli had wives, so even in those things, weren't there instances of people who had asked? No, he just asked them to consecrate themselves. Consecrate means don't have sex, that's it. Don't have sex, don't do anything else. Not, nothing in the Bible says anything yeah. about priests who shouldn't get married. about celibacy, I don't know if you remember Rachel at our school, and like I could have sworn that was that like, is you're talking about when Paul talks about it is better for you, he's given a suggestion. Yes, that's <laughs> why you guys have to be careful. So, Who's talking? Is it God talking or is it a human being talking? So, those are the uh kind of eyes you have to have. You have to understand is this driven, just like I tell you. God told yeah, yeah. me, we I believe. We were trying. <laughs> so, so I'm just trying to clarify myself because you have to understand where is this coming from? Is this coming from Liamba or is it really coming from God? Those are the things. So you have to, when you read the word of God, you really have to understand who is talking. Even Paul says, not God, I, Paul, I tell you this. I'm just giving you some advice of things that I've learned. It is married. better for you not to get married because yeah, there's a lot of things that happen in marriage, right? Yeah, yeah. He's saying, I, Paul, but... Not God, but yeah. myself. He's even clarifying to himself because he says, I'm the human being. I've been experienced, but this is my viewpoint. I'm trying to give it to you. Okay. So, Did in he the. Married ever? No, he never got married. He was like, no. Well, we don't know. <laughs> the reason I say that because he, he is a priest, right? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and they had, they had you know, what is it? They had. Uh, times for everything. So as you're learning and as you're learning to become a Pharisee yourself, mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you would. Potentially get married, everything's arranged, you know, being Jewish. But for him, he says he re he wants to remain unmarried, so that could be interpreted as he never got married, Ooh. or uh, he got married and, and then he had. Oh, I didn't. So and those are things. So yeah, and that's <laughs> 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 poor Paul. Yeah, he, he enjoyed it. He's like, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, and some people are called to singleness, and some people are called to marry. And then the thing about it is like, it's a gift because you want to desire sex right because god has given you that grace and you see that with daniel okay we see that with daniel and his friends we, we see that even even though it was a curse because god says when you go to the babylonians your sons will be eunuchs yeah. so those are things that you're going to read the bible from history eunuchs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you don't have that mean they... yes oh no <laughs> what happened to that's you know, awful yeah. i mean <laughs> 
because it was the punishment from, I mean, it was the, whatchamacallit, the sin that caused all that to happen. Yeah. See, when you sin, you're not sinning just for yourself, you're sinning for your generation too. So you gotta be careful what you do. Yeah. <laughs> God doesn't see, He curses from generation to generation. So you gotta be careful. So you gotta be cave good so your kids can be <laughs> yeah. But that's a lie because when I was, I mean, not really a lie, but I get confused because I was looking at Samuel. When you look at Samuel, Samuel was so righteous before God and all that stuff, but his kids were so bad. Mm. And I was like, what in the world? I was like, God, did you even give him the grace for him to have nice kids? <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Like, yeah. the whole time, I was so disappointed. Like, I was really disappointed. I was just like, God, I mean, he did so good. He didn't even protect his kids to be, like, nice or something. Probably, that was my cry. I mean, they tell you, even now, pastor's kids, they're, like, the worst. The worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just... I don't know what's wrong. Maybe they just feel too secure. I guess I think is what it is. No, it's more like a couple Like I'm the worst. I wasn't terrible. Not all of them, but like I can relate to those who kind of rebel a lot because it is a lot of pressure. Like you try so hard to be perfect because that's the worst thing. Yeah, your parents are. Constantly teaching the word, and they're constantly teaching it to you, and you're <laughs> exposed to it all the time. Yeah. So that's also one of the reasons why I like kind of felt like I had to, or felt like I had to separate myself mm-hmm. for a minute because it was just so much pressure. Like I have to be this perfect person, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what we felt all of us, even just being African. Yeah. The perfection of just being a good child, and then we just messed up. Okay. I always laugh when dad came to me and he went like, ah, I can't talk to brother, it was nice. <laughs> okay, let's close. Right. David, close us off. Hey, I thought the something? person who preaches is a closer. Uh, anybody can close. I mean, you want to close, just go ahead, close us off. I want to hear a beautiful. Yeah. Close us off, just.
Lord, I just ask for your guidance, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I just give you all the praise, Lord. I thank you for sending your son. You had the best thing you could ever do, Lord. Because through him, we're, we're forgiven. Lord, I ask that you take away all, you take away all resentment, all regret. Lord, just show us, Lord. Just show us the way and give us a clear heart, Lord, a clear mind whenever we're dealing with guilt or anything that's holding us back from getting closer to you, Lord. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And I just give you all the praise, Lord. In your son, Jesus Christ, holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.